Hello, Cornellians. Welcome to another episode of Fresh from the Hill, inside stories of noteworthy Cornellians. I'm John Rollins III, class of 2006, and the 16th president of the Cornell Black Alumni Association. Now, today's episode is pretty special. This is actually the last episode of this season of the podcast where we've been, you know, highlighting black alumni voices. And I want to just, again, say thank you to um, Cornell Alumni Affairs, Um, specifically thank you to Amanda Massa, the producer, for giving us this opportunity. And we really do appreciate it. This is, and you all can't see what I'm looking at because it's a recording, right? But this actually looks like a normal Wednesday for me, a normal Wednesday evening, um, generally about a two-hour session because I am sitting here with the current executive board of the Cornell Black Alumni Association, um, my partners in crime, those who have really put so much time effort and love into this organization over the last three years. And I want to introduce them to you now. So first we have Yvette LaPomp, class of 2010. She's our vice president of membership. Kamila Knight, now catch this, class of 13, 15, and 22. Yes, you heard that right. All three. Um, Who's our VP or vice president of programming. Wilma Ann Anderson, class of 1992, who was our vice president for student relations. And Shannon Kohal, class of 2014, currently serving as our secretary. I also want to make sure I acknowledge um, Vincent McClendon in his absence. He's class of 2007, and Vincent served as the treasurer of the organization during this term. So welcome, everyone, to Fresh from the Hill. Yay! Hey. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Of course, of course. And actually, before I jump in, because I, I, I have to make sure I do this, Kamila, I have to give Kamila her credit. Um, Kamila actually was a part of a previous season of Fresh from the Hill and was the one that brought this idea, um, you know, with Amanda brought this idea to me. And I just thought it was amazing. So, Kamila, I want to make sure I give you your flowers and your shout outs because you Thank helped you. to make this season happen. And so actually, I want to come to you and to Shannon first. Can you tell our listening audience how you learned about the Cornell Black Alumni Association? Kamila, let's start with you. Absolutely. So honestly, it was on campus. It was talking to different folks um, and, you know, trying to get a sense of how can I stay connected to the university once I was gone? And somebody mentioned SEBA. And then I remember getting an email about how I could get a free membership um, going into my first year as an alumni. So I said, sign me up. Um, And it was from there that I kind of hit the ground running. After that first year and seeing how engaged folks were and maintaining connections, I wanted to be a part of it, whether it was, you know, serving as a reunion, um, you know, help, or even being on the board. Oh, man. That's wonderful. Yeah, Shannon, go ahead and share. How did you find out about SIBA? The first, first time I actually heard about SIBA was from my cousin. Shout out to Sean Edwards, class of 90-something. <laughs> He's a 90-somewhere. <laughs> but he said, when I first got into Cornell, he was like, all right, SIBA got your back. I was like, I don't know what SIBA is, but all right, cool. But I officially started hearing more about it, like Kamila, when I was a student. Um, my I was really involved with BSU, right? Mm-hmm. Black Students United on campus. And everybody said that SIBA was just the alumni version of BSU. So I was like, well, sign me up whenever I get a chance. <laughs> and I was president of SIBA, uh, of SIBA, BSU my junior year of college. And Anika Daniel Osazi was the president of SIBA at the time. Uh-huh. And she reached out and she was like, we want to help with what's going on on campus. We want to connect with BSU. And so that's when I met her and I found out about the wonderful world of SIBA. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely hilarious. I'm, I'm and glad that you all, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm glad you all had that experience as students because actually, and in, in if you've listened, anyone who's listened to, um, some of our previous conversations with past presidents, when we talked about, you know, those kind of foundational moments where you've heard about SIBA, a lot of us, I guess I can say us older alumni, Lord, um, we found out about SIBA. Oh, older alumni. alumni. Me. Season. 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 I'm, I'm hitting 15 years this summer. You know what I mean? This is my 15th reunion this weekend. I'm saying. Um, but, you know, my first interaction with SIBA was after I graduated when they were on campus for a reunion. And a lot of folks said their first time engaging with SIBA either was a reunion where they were a student clerk 
or a reunion that they, you know, heard about and, and plan to attend, maybe even in conjunction with, you know, one of their class years. And so it, it's great to know that over time, you know, students have gotten to see more of our presence as an organization to understand the community that's there. And both of you are proof of that. And I appreciate you sharing that. Um, Yvette and Wilma Ann, what made you all want to get involved with the executive board, right? So Shannon and, and Kamala, you talked about just the understanding and the knowledge of the or organization or association, but then Wilma Ann and Yvette, you all took that leap and said, I want to be a part of, you know, the inner workings and, and how to make things happen through SIBA. So what made you want to get involved with the board? Uh, Yvette, I'll come to you first. Sure. So John, as you mentioned, um, I first heard about SIBA uh, my reunion year. So I was mm -hmm. class of 2010 and that was also a SIBA reunion year. Um, and I was more involved in SIBA activities than I was in my own class. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, that prompted, you know, like, how do I continue to be engaged, be involved as a Black alum um, and have that experience, you know, following me throughout, you know, adult life, like I experienced as an undergrad. Um, so that's when I actually applied after elections were held um, to be a part of the executive board. Okay. Excellent. Wilma Ann, you want to answer that question as well? How did you or why did you want to get in the involved in the board? Well, I would say what was going on in my personal life really was lending itself to being still and being mm. more committed. I had spent many years doing a lot of everything. I'm a Jill of all trades. <laughs> and at that season of my life, about three years ago, I decided, uh, let me let me give back to this organization that I love, love, love. It's kind of funny. My daughter watches the show The Office, and she said, you know, there's a there's a character on there that oh, yeah. went to Cornell <laughs> and that reminds me of you. He's always talking about Cornell, Cornell, Cornell. And I was like, really? Wow, I hadn't seen The Office. I said, okay, well... That must mean that it's time. <laughs> it, it was Cornell was pulling me towards Cornell and more specifically uh, my affinity group, SEBA. Uh, it made me that that pulling made me want to just donate of what I had, which was time and commitment at the moment mm -hmm. I was involved with not higher education, but K through 12 education as a career pursuit, which I am still now, and just being involved with students the way I was. I was leading a, a charter school at the time and just having this desire to pour into students in a meaningful way, in a lasting way, as well as uh, pour into alumni, like make that connection. That's what really got me interested in becoming a part of the board. I absolutely love that. And all of you have done so much. And we'll talk about that in a second. Um, you know, so and, and yes, I am, you know, interviewing you, but I'm also a part of this board. So, you know, yeah. I, I feel Tell so us, close. John. Oh, I, oh, what made me want to get involved? Well, I yeah. didn't. Um, <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to get involved. That's not true. I knew that I was going to I wanted to be a part of SEBA um, back when I first you know, saw the organization and then I was actually a part of the reunion committee. Well, no, before that, and I think I may have told this story on the first episode, um, but for reunion, for SIBA reunion, they were planning and they had a salsa band coming to the Thursday dinner and they were asking for suggestions for other performers. Well, I had just heard this amazing band at an event at the Greater Ithaca Activity Center for their anniversary, and the name of the band is the Brown Skin Band. So I emailed, um, it was Shemaine LeBird. She was one of the, the co-chairs that year. And I said, hey, I think you should check this band out. I actually brought them to Ithaca College where I was working at the time. And, you know, I knew that they were an incredible band. It wasn't a whole lot of lift, like, and, and that our community would probably love it. And I remember going to the dinner that night and the board just like wanting to find me and hug me because they loved the brown skin band so much. And so the following year I decided, or the following reunion, I decided to get involved with the, um, you know, the reunion committee. And then 
the board prior to this one, there was a vacancy for the vice president of programming. And a couple of people contacted me and said, you know, do you want to, you know, be a part of the board? And, and, you know, we know your programming background. I think you should do this. Well, they had tried to get me to run for that particular board during the election time. And I was like, no, I don't have the time. I can't do it. And something in me said, you know what, maybe this is the time. So I ended up being appointed to the board in 2016. And that's what got me involved. And then here we go, 2018, um, I was begging Michelle Brown Grant, our immediate past president, to run again because she had just done a phenomenal job. And I thought there was a lot more work that we needed to do. Um, but Michelle, you know, is is working on her dissertation and said, I need to give my time and attention. And so I felt the pull to step up, um, which actually is, is funny because it leads to my next question. Um, Kamala and Wilma Ann, I'll come to you, but of course, others, if you want to um, answer. So it's been now three years. And actually, at the time that you all will be hearing this podcast, we will be a day away or less than a day away, really, from Reunion 2021, which is virtual. And I know, you know, we, we wish we were back on campus together, but it's virtual. And actually, for our association, that means this coming Saturday, we will finish our term as a board, as an executive board. So Kamila and, and Wilma Ann, tell me, what are some... <laughs> Shannon gives us the little heart. Y'all can't see it. She gave me a little heart. Um, <laughs> what have been some memories for you of this last three years? I'm mainly going to push you to think about 2018 to probably about February of 2020. Everybody knows what happened in March. We're going to get there. But <laughs> if we can think about like early on 2018 through February of 2020, like what are some of the more memorable moments that you all have had as members of the board and just looking at the organization as a whole? I think uh, for me, honestly, it's being a part of the board. That's one of my most memorable moments of mm-hmm. this board is because I serve on several different boards and mm-hmm. there's definitely no other board like it. As hard as we work, as much as we produce, how we try to connect with all different facets of the university, whether it's black alum, black students, mm-hmm. other affinity groups, the different offices across the university. It's just so dynamic and so fulfilling in so many ways to know that we're contributing back in this way. That is by far my most memorable thing about this board. If I had to talk specifically about programming, I think one of my most memorable moments there, and well, my aunt could definitely speak to this, is homecoming. Mm. Um, And just being able to really capture and harness the essence of what I think homecoming really is and should be, and bringing that to Cornell's campus and connecting with the students to make it not only something for our alumni, but for our students and just have so many different activities during the weekend, whether it's a party, we did a game show once, just so many different things. And it's just, it's been amazing. And even, I know we're not supposed to get there yet, John, but even a transfer or something like that over to virtual, it's been like butter working with Wilma Ann and the rest of the rest of the board to do it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wilma Ann. I was going to say it's homecoming. (laughs) We are again aligned. (laughs) One of Kamala's favorite words. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, we're aligned. You know, I have to second that emotion. It has been just great. Homecoming is the first thing I thought of. Mm -hmm. And I imagined myself at the tailgate party because that man, I had fun. (laughs) (laughs) I had fun. Can I tell you that it was my first ever homecoming? Mm -hmm. My first ever homecoming anywhere. While I was in undergrad, I almost went to homecoming at Howard University, everyone said, oh, it's great, but somehow that didn't work out. So all of those years passed and I just didn't know what homecoming was. I just mm-hmm. wasn't that kind of student who who poured into those type of things. And I, I just did my work and I, I went home. Uh, <laughs> but being able to plan the homecoming that I had only heard about and with Kamila as a dynamic partner, it was amazing because everything was brand new, mm-hmm. brand new for us in the roles and just learning all of the elements and finding the vendors that we had to find and pulling together representatives from different organizations on campus to work together. And did I say tailgate? The tailgate <laughs> was so fun. Uh, man. It was it was awesome. It just 
why was it fun? The energy. Mm-hmm. I just felt like this is right here. Is, feels mm-hmm. like Black heaven to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It, it really did. And everyone was just in the moment, just in the spirit. And it felt like everyone was just loving each other and loving our culture and just bringing together all of the the years, the decades. Mm-hmm. That was special as well. So again, homecoming. <laughs> Thank you, woman. And I know I appreciate you sharing that aspect. And that I think you want to say something as well. Yeah, definitely. So I second and third homecoming. I remember <laughs> posting videos on my Instagram and someone had commented and asked what HBCU is that? Um, it was just the vibes and it was not what I experienced when I was on campus. So um, one of my favorite memories, um, but I must say Alvin Ailey was really big for me. Um, that was something that I attended on my own every year. And then to be a part of SIVA, you know, doing the event and, and hosting it uh, in that year that we did, it was really successful. Um, that was one of the most memorable uh, SIBA board memories for me. I love that. Yeah, that's one of our staple events that has been around for so long. And I think a lot of people look forward to that event that we do every year. Of course, again, because of this last year, we actually did it virtually, which was a little different. It wasn't necessarily the fundraising event that we normally do, but I think there was a great just emotional connection and community connection through that particular event. And I also, I have to say, and, and you know, Wilma, Anna, Kamila, you both mentioned homecoming and I have to give you props. One of the homecomings that you all planned was actually um, coinciding with the 50th anniversary of the Willard Strait occupation, right? And so that was even another level of planning that took place and, and really helping not just our alumni, but our students to remember, understand, know the history of this community that they're a part of. So thank you all for sharing that. And also just as a plug for folks, because we've talked about it through a couple of different episodes. Homecoming is a thing, people. I want you to know that. Homecoming at Cornell is a thing. It, it wasn't as necessarily as big before, but Alumni Affairs has done an amazing job with helping, you know, the university to bring it up to another level. And then on top of that, you know, SEBA and other associations. I think, we, I think we've killed it. I think we've done a great job and made Homecoming really an amazing event. Can I just piggyback on something you said? And Yes. Um, but just, I mentioned the, the really fun part homecoming and we all can relate to that but when you mentioned Willard Street the 50th anniversary of the takeover that that really spoke to another important aspect of what SEBA is an organization that the university respects to address certain political issues whether on campus political issues or national political issues yeah university includes us and ask for our opinion on what's what speaks to the community, mm-hmm. the black and brown community. And for SIBA to be part of the Willard Street commemoration, the 50th anniversary commemoration was huge as well, because we we experienced Cornell in a, a new way, I think. During that time, we had a chance to meet with the individual, some of the individuals who were there when it actually happened. And that was, if it's a a full circle moment is appropriate, then that was definitely a full circle moment for for me and many of the, the individuals, current students as well. I agree. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. So again, those were some great highlights from, you know, 2018 to February of 2020. And we kind of laughed because, you know, as as alumni leaders and volunteers, we had been doing stuff. We'd been working, you know, since 2018. But then March of 2020 (laughs) happens, right? And of course, everyone knows that's around the time where Um, COVID-19 starts to impact everyone's life, right? Here in the States, around the world, it starts to shift everything. I remember March 16th was my last day in my physical office on the campus that I work on, right? 
And so along with, you know, changing our everyday life engagement shifts. And so I think on one of the last podcasts, I told the story of how we developed virtual unity hour. So I won't necessarily tell that one again. But, you know, Shannon and Yvette, I want to come to you all with the shift to virtual, right? What have been some of the memories? Listen, we've been busy. We have been busy. And so, Shannon, I'll start with you. What was... What are some of your memories of these, really this last year and change now that we've served and not been able to be physically together? What a year. (laughs) But you know, honestly, SEMA has been the highlight of my pandemic experience with all the madness. I was looking for every other Friday. I look forward to our virtual unity hours. Mm -hmm. Like they provided joy, provided fun. I think for me, Definitely the first couple unity hours, not the first one, maybe like the second or third one where people were just ready. Every Friday, people were in their waiting room, ready to turn up. DJ Third Degree, shout out to Chavez. Every Friday, playing the tunes. And we were on here till like 11 midnight every other Friday. And I think so unity hours in general, the games were always fun. Cornelians are competitive as ever. Um, But one thing that really stuck out to me during last year was the event we did with um, the alumni who were in various industries. I think it was uh, a community in crisis where we talked about the pandemic and its impact on the black community in particular. And my best friend, Janelle Fort, hosted our our anchor. Um, News anchor was here and we had a, a, a whole bunch of incredible alumni in the sciences and public health and medicine and government um, in law, all of them came and were, were talking about what the pandemic meant for our community. And it was beautiful that we didn't have to go outside of Cornell to find people. We had the experts right here within our midst yeah. at, um, in the Cornell Black Women Association. So that was one of my highlights. And of course, the virtual turnups. Like I have my party lights and everything every Friday ready to go. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's been a lot of fun in that regard. Yvette, when it come to you, what have been your thoughts on our move towards the virtual space? I think the virtual space allowed us to involve a lot more alum who probably weren't involved in SIVA. I know for for myself and being a, a younger alum, even though I'm not considered young anymore, just in seeing more people from my class year, for example, join our SIVA events were great. And not only were they joining, they were becoming members. Mm-hmm. I think uh, 2020 was one of our best membership years in terms of dues paying members and gaining even more lifetime members. Um, so if one thing came out of the pandemic, that was it. Um, I particularly remember our SIBA conference that we did. I think we called it our SIBA leadership conference mm-hmm. where we did a series of events throughout the weekend. And then we closed it off with, you know, just everyone being in a more fun environment, doing a painting. And that was really cool um, to do something like that virtually. So just being able to incorporate, you know, different types of events, things that we didn't necessarily do in person, but just thinking outside of the box, even while virtual. Absolutely. And I I have to shout you all out because that was, I think, one of the challenges. And I think for everyone, right, even in life, you had to be more creative in terms of how you did things, how you accomplished things. And, 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 you know, thinking about the association, the challenge that came up for us was how do we engage with our alumni in a way that will continue to keep them connected, will get them to meet each other, know each other, and not feel like there was a, you know, a loss of connection throughout this thing. And so, you know, thinking about virtual unity hour, thinking about the uh, community in crisis event, thinking about the, what was it? The, what do we call it? The Cornell Black Leadership and Engagement Summit. That was the first time we ever did. C-bless, C-bless. You just wanted to get that in there because you know how <laughs> I feel about these acronyms. Um, but, I, you know, we had never done that before. Um, and I know, and it's funny because we had talked about Maybe this was probably probably in 2018, 2019, you know, we had talked about, you know, putting together a series of workshops where individuals could meet, you know, new staff and faculty who are on campus, folks that they may not be so familiar with, you know, because those folks weren't there during their time at Cornell, but to, you know, help update our membership. And it's almost like, you know, we, we couldn't do it when we initially wanted to do it. Then we started talking about it and then COVID hit. And so we really couldn't do it. And then we were able to kind of create this summit that 
was very well attended, extremely well received, and something that I people are now looking forward to to kind of connect as we as an association have our general body meeting every January. You know, now this being a piece of that, now rolling all of that into this um you know amazing weekend where we're all able to come together, connect as family, but also to think about, you know, how we as alumni continue to, you know, impact the institution to connect with our students and really be that family that we say we are. Kamila, I, th- I think you wanted to share something as well. Yeah, no, I just wanted to piggyback off of everything that you all said and, and, and going back to the idea that prior to the pandemic and us switching to doing more virtual things, we've been talking about doing kind of our own, our version of Unity Hour for quite some time. Yeah. We couldn't quite figure out how to do it and get, you know, folks involved in all different regions because it's a struggle from a programming perspective to have different people in different regions doing just as much and being just as engaging or entertaining to different, you know, different people in different groups. But with Unity Hour, I feel like we leaned into it and it got all types of people from all over, even in other countries on some of these calls to the point where now I feel like even switching back to non-virtual or in person, however you want to call it, you know, it's going to it's going to be easy peasy when it comes to getting people because now they see and now it's a thing and Unity Hour can continue. It is. And it's funny because actually I was listening to a podcast done by one of our members and they were talking about, you know, how they've been living through the pandemic and they mentioned virtual unity hours and specifically called out like, you know, John, if you're listening, these need to keep going even after. So, you know, I think we're going to continue them um, as a new board comes in. And my hope is that, you know, as as time goes on, we, we continue to connect in that way because it does allow more people. I mean, I think about the fact that we have, um, by our bylaws, what our regions are set as, you know, where we areas where we have more than 100 black alumni. Right. And so we have clearly a robust region in New York City, clearly a robust region in D.C., the D.C. area. But, you know, there's some places and spaces where you won't have as many alum. And so there's not formally that region. So they don't have, you know, the regional representatives who are planning programs in person on a regular basis. But this is now drawn everybody in. You have the opportunity to engage no matter where you live. And and Yvette, you're absolutely right from a membership standpoint. This was one of our strongest years in terms of getting new members. And I think that's something unique about SEBA. You know, we are, we continue to be a dues, you know, paying organization. Um, And, you know, it's been great seeing the amount of individuals who have said, you know what, I want to put my money into this organization. I want to put my dues here because I believe in SEBA. I believe in this community and what it what it is, right? And and people don't have to do that. I mean, for real, for many organizations, you know, the lack of members paying dues or lack of individuals paying dues can be a sign that things aren't necessarily going well or folks aren't connected. But what we've seen in the last few years, and especially in 2020, Folks are very connected, very connected. Jump in there, John, and say that this switch to virtual has really helped with student engagement Mm -hmm. because we know the younger folks are always online and always (laughs) on something with zeros and ones. And (laughs) they have showed up. Um, Now, it was a slow trickle at first because, you know, it's hard to engage with alumni. Many of our students don't know how to approach us, but if they see us having fun and it's a fun that they can participate in, then they spread the word. If they see us reaching out to them to lend support through whatever they're experiencing, whether that be mentorship or classwork or any kind of events that's going on the campus, they start to build an affinity towards us and realize that they are part of the family. And we're not just some older folks that you have to call Mr., Ms., Doctor, that we can call us by our first names. We are just like you and we like to have the same kind of fun you like to have. And we care about the things that you care about. So I've personally seen a lot more students engaged, more so than I, than I had ever known would be. Absolutely. Shannon? Yeah, just I'm, I'm thinking re, reimagining this entire year online and a couple of things also that stood out to me. 
One, like, I feel like we're a really creative board because the amount of activities we have had to come up with for these unity hours from song association games to trivia, talent show, show, you know, like we, we were doing it. This is, this is a very creative board. So shout out to us because (laughs) the dedication of all of us on a Wednesday to be on a call from like 9.30 to midnight planning out these unity hours, but it was worth it. When I, listen, I have met so many alums through this virtual space and it has personally helped me, whether it's like people in my network or in the profession I'm going into, or just, just nice to know other folks, whether in your city or common interests. I shout outs to virtual unity hour. I hope we continue it. And we set the tone. I mean, everybody was asking us, how do y'all do this? Give us the tea. It's true. We did this very early on. And I think that, I mean, we were, what was that? March 27th was the first day. And, you know, again, at that point, maybe two weeks out of, you know, two weeks out of work, you know, two weeks in quarantine at that point. And we were able to, you know, rally and, and just, Thinking about that is, is is very very heartwarming, and it's funny, you know. No one mentioned this, but um, you know, woman, and you said something that triggered it in my mind. We hosted a black graduation, graduation. celebration, and <laughs> that was that yeah. was absolutely phenomenal. So, you know, quick story is we had been working with the students on campus, both the Black Students United and um, our Black Graduate and Professional Student Association, thinking about an in-person, at this point, right, when everything was fine, an in-person graduation. That has been a tradition at many institutions. Cornell, we had not necessarily done that very formally. We had our celebration at Africana on Sunday after everyone had already gotten their, you know, degrees in their separate ceremonies. But we wanted to put together a, you know, black graduation ceremony. It was supposed to be on that Friday before uh, convocation. And COVID hits. And so it's like, well, can't do that. And we were able to, you know, along with those groups, work towards putting together this black graduation celebration. We had Linda Gatsby, who's a former president of SEBA, as well as a current um, Cornell trustee. You know, she served as the alumni speaker. We had student speakers. Woman Ann, you graced us with your voice. I think that was just one of the most phenomenal presentations. And the feeling of community that was there was Mm -hmm. so very strong, specifically thinking about the fact that, you know, we did it webinar style on Zoom. So for those who aren't familiar in the webinar, only speakers can be seen in the front and then everybody else is kind of behind, you know, this virtual wall, I guess, you know, the virtual audience, but you can't be seen or necessarily heard unless prompted. And just to see the comments that were going on in the chat, you know, we had um, the graduates as speakers, as well as those of us who were speaking at the event on, you know, in the front, and they were just sitting there beaming, of course, because this is an opportunity for them to celebrate this accomplishment in their lives. And then at the end, we did what we normally do in the virtual <laughs> environment, which is turn up. And turn so up. <laughs> they got to see that and their families got to see that. We opened um, the stage so that everyone could be seen on camera. You had parents and family members, grandparents dancing to uh, the music that was being played. It was it was so heartwarming. And especially afterwards, I got so many emails from families that were grateful that we were able to do that in the midst of the fact that, you know, at this point, their student wasn't going to have a formal graduation around that same time, right? And so we're excited that, you know, the end of this weekend um, coming up, that Cornell will celebrate the class of 2020, right? So they will get their moment in time. They will get their time to shine. But, you know, it was it was a great feeling to be able to do that. And again, it showed the power of our network. It showed who our folks are. And it got many of these new alums engaged in, in ways that they might not have engaged otherwise. So it was really, really amazing to see. Also, miles for my alma mater. I forgot about that. You wanna, that do you was tell, so much fun. Well, you got to tell people what that is because everybody doesn't so know miles, what that is. Miles for my alma mater is a, a, a programming activity through the Black Alumni Collective, which is an organization of Black alumni associations from universities all across the U.S. And they have a a running or walking competition in August through the Nike Run Club app. And because we're virtual, it's easy because anybody can participate from anywhere. You just go on your walks, your runs, and you track your miles. And so we had 
132 yeah. mm-hmm. runners, rock walkers, runners from SIBA. And we, listen, every day I would come and check the leaderboard to see who was, uh, who was on top. Shout out to ES because he won the competition like in the first day. The first he day. 50 miles. I don't know how, but you know, it was so much fun. And it was like, it was another way for us to connect even though we weren't physically together. Yes. You know, we all got to see where people were walking and, and then people, it was also a fundraiser too, because the amount of miles you walked, you donated that to SEBA and that money goes towards our scholarships and the programming that we put on. So I'm looking forward to running again this yes. August. I think we might have to up the challenge to a hundred miles for the month. I don't know if y'all are ready for that, but I am, I'm, I'm going to be doing a hundred miles. If, if we if we leave it to Aaron Matthews, we probably need to put it up to 500 miles for the month. He'll do that in the first week. I'm just saying. Uh, so and I didn't I did not put this question. I, I didn't prepare you all for this question, but it came to me. And I know you all. So I'm going to throw this question out there. Um, first uh-huh. of all, context. All of you are involved, not just in C, but, but in other aspects of Cornell alumni life. Right. Shannon, you're a member of your class council. Yvette, you are like the head honcho over in um, class councils, right? Uh, Kamila, you're also uh, one of the head honchos over there as well as on Mosaic. Wilma Ann, you actively, and I, and beyond just your involvement with SEBA, you connect with students on so many different levels. In fact, we must shout out Baraka Kwawimbo. It's our black all-female gospel acapella group on campus. They're celebrating their 30th anniversary and Wilma Ann Anderson, is the founder of Baraka Kwa Wimbo. We get to celebrate them this weekend. I'm so excited. Saturday night, Spirit on the Hill, it's going to be great. Um, but talk a little bit about, and I think this is important for everyone across this, you know, who's going to hear this podcast. Talk about the importance of being alumni volunteers and giving your time. What has that done for all of you in terms of your relationship with Cornell or even just in your personal life? What has being engaged as an alumni volunteer done or meant for you? Can I jump in and just share a, uh, a brief story? Yeah. Uh, so as part of a trip to Cornell to visit campus, I scheduled time to meet with the, the current group, Baraka Kwawimbo, and attend one of their rehearsals and just meet the ladies who are currently singing in the group. And that was tear-filled. Mm. Um, just, it was just wonderful to meet them and, and see what, 30 years, well, at that time, I guess it was about 27 years had had done, how advanced the group had become in terms of what they do vocally. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, I guess, for me was towards the end of the rehearsal, one of the ladies came up to me and wanted to know about starting a group. She had an idea for an organization that she wanted to start that was born out of an experience she had. And she's she was asking me, well, how do you do it? And I'm thinking, well, uh, 27 years, maybe things have changed since, you know, you just scribble your name on a paper and say, hey, <laughs> this is what I want it to be. Right. Uh, why why didn't she go toward, to someone else, right? Why didn't she go down to whatever office it is, I forgot, <laughs> <laughs> that does that. It was something that she saw in me, a connection she felt she had with me mm-hmm. to do that. That is what it's all about. Oh my gosh, I'm getting chills because just being present opened up that door for her. She started the group. It flourished and it's still flourishing. And I can't say it was just because of me. I just happened to be the one she connected to. And every one of us as alumni have that opportunity to connect with a student. We just have to be present. And that's something that I learned over these over these three years being on the board, just opportunities to connect are there. If they're not, you can create them. And so many of the students and alumni are welcome. They want that connection, 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 connection. Absolutely. Kamila? 
For me, um, I mean, it dates back to just my time at Cornell and the love that I felt and was met with with the many different things that I was going through. In addition to, you know, I was a tour guide when I was an undergrad at Cornell and just learning all the things that I did. There was no way when I graduated that I wasn't going to be involved. But what it it means to me today, um, number one, it's definitely why I keep coming back with all of these degrees. Number two, it's just about, you know, the point that will and made. I think that extends for me, you know, for the students as well as for alumni and just being able to be connected, learn so much about other people. Um, from our last Unity Hour event, you know, someone mentions when we were joining on the call, oh, I'm from Montclair, New Jersey, and that's where I grew up. And so me and this person met up this past weekend and had a wonderful time, an older alum from the class of 84, a wonderful time talking about his stories with Cornell, my stories, different ideas that he has. And this is, to one of Ann's point, this is why I do it, to be connected, to learn about these things, to continue to build myself. I love that. Yvette, any thoughts on that? I would say for me, it's just my experience as an undergrad, you know, being involved in several executive boards. I was on BWSN, uh, CU Image, um, just thinking about my time as part of COSEP. Like, I just wanted to replicate that experience and continue that connection to the university. I think we touch on a bit like it's really hard to contribute you know in terms of like giving back whether it be financially or in terms of time if you're not connected um, and for me it makes it easier it's just to being able to continue that connection and uh, some of the best years of my life were at Cornell so um, I don't I don't see it any other way honestly I agree Shannon any thoughts on this yeah of course um <laughs> I think when it comes to alumni engagement and what being on SEBA has taught me, well, similar to Yvette, I was very involved as an undergrad. I was BSU, BWSN, Black Ivy. Um, uh, we started the, the mentorship program, SWAG and, and class, which became boss. I was, I was very involved in the Black undergraduate community. And so I think when I graduated, it was like kind of a, I was tired. So I had to give myself a little break and a little pause from Cornell, but I wasn't finished with Cornell. Mm -hmm. And I remember, um, John, when you hit me up and, and you asked me to help out with reunion in 2018, it was my opportunity to come back and re-engage with the university that gave me my degree mm -hmm. <laughs> and to give back specifically to this community. And so like, that's just, that's just the norm for Cornellians. Like other universities have alumni associations and they're there, but like, there's something about Cornell alums that we go hard for big red. Like, yeah, I, I started going to Calc when I was a student. Shout out to Renee Alexander for sponsoring the students uh, going to Calc. And I was like, so y'all have a conference for alumni volunteers. Oh, this is this is a this is next level engagement. Yeah. And SEBA is just like that. You know, we love Cornell. But for me, I love the black Cornell community. And this was my opportunity to really support the, the group and the family and the community that supported me. And so that's just what engagement is like. You know, I, 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 I don't, I'm still a student. I'm always a student in somebody's university, but and mm -hmm. I'm, this, I'm in my third university, but there is something special about Cornell and about SEBA that keeps it near and dear to my heart. Um, and that's why I stay engaged. And I think that it's a great way. It's also a great place to like develop skills, like whether it's, you know, running a nonprofit organization, because SEBA is a 501c3, yeah. you know, so we are running an organization. For me, um, being the secretary, taking minutes, like I've learned the importance of organization and documenting everything. And so that is that has helped in other areas of my life as well. So, yeah, that's <laughs> what it's all about. No, you're right. You're right. And I think. You know, if, if you all who are listening to this don't take, you know, don't hear anything else, I, I would love for you to make sure that you hear this. Get involved at some level in some way, shape or form. Right. I when I first left Cornell, because I was still living in Ithaca for quite a long time, my my involvement was more so in person. Right. So if, you know, organizations, I was I was still directing the choir when I left and graduated. I directed for like two or three years after. 
Um, but in, in addition to that, you know, when, when folks were asking, you know, could you come and be a part of this? Or, right, I was one of the founding members of the MOCC, the Men of Color Conference, and so in the council. So when it was like, hey, we're, we're talking about this, we're doing reviews of our workshops. Can you come and sit in for that? Sure. So my, my volunteer, you know, connection at first was really in person because I lived in Ithaca. It was very easy. When I left um, upstate New York and moved back home to the DC area, you know, I had to think about how I was going to engage. And, you know, SEBA, because I had known SEBA and been a part of SEBA, that was one of those natural fits where, oh, yeah, sure, reunion. I love reunion. Let's, let's, you know, and I'm, and again, at the, at the time I was in Ithaca, so it was like easy to be a part because. I'm physically there. And even afterwards, it was like, okay, yeah, there's no brainer. I did it last year. I want to do it again. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, you have to figure out what level is comfortable for you. You know, Yvette, you were talking about, some people really think it's all money and it's not money. And I actually really appreciate, we heard this back in January during our summit, um, Michelle Vaith um, from Alumni Affairs came and talked about the fact that Cornell was looking for, you know, more volunteers and people to give, and they weren't looking at people giving money. The focus was not on money, which a lot of institutions, they do that. And that's great. That is them, right? We've, we are fortunate enough where folks are giving their time and they're still giving, right, financially to Cornell because they love the experience. I've worked at a number of institutions. I've connected with folks who are also a part of their alumni associations. And you're right, Shannon, it is something very different about being a part of a Cornell alumni anything. It yeah. is like we, we, at every level, class level, affinity group level, school level, any level, the involvement of Cornell alumni just seems to be so, ooh, I don't even know what to say. It's just like so top tier and not, not putting anybody else down, right? But, you know, it's just one of those things where we really do, we go, we go hard for our institution. We ride hard for our institution. So as we're wrapping up again, this weekend, you know, we're excited about reunion weekend. Shout out to our reunion committee who has put a lot of work and effort in, especially having to figure out which way, you know, things were going to go initially. Um, but this is the end of our term. It's no surprise for those who have, you know, who are members. They will see some of us again. Um, but if, if, you know, if you all could leave your hopes for SEBA, moving forward for the future and even a message to our current membership in our community, what would that be? I'm going to throw it to Kamila first. So for me, I think what I would want to leave, um, you know, for, I guess, our membership and for what the future is, is we can't do any of this without you all. Mm -hmm. um, it takes a village, like really and truly. So just going back to the point that you last made, John, about the volunteers, we need volunteers to help us carry out some of this stuff because we, we're pumping it out, but we could do so much more with the more volunteers and help we get from you all. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Shannon. Yeah, um, I, it's funny. As you talk, I'm looking at the email that Carlton Holmes sent us which was um, Carlton Holmes, one of the founders of SEBA, and he sent over the documents of their first like meeting and the first set of minutes from 19, at, like 77 when they had their first reunion. And I think about that and the theme that you have for us this, this term, John, which was SEBA legacy. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would like to see for the future is that we continue the legacy that has been given to us. You know, it's beautiful that like, Sandra Black, Renee Alexander, Carlton Holmes, those folks who laid the groundwork for us, we're just building on that. And I, mm -hmm. I just want to see this organization maintain its, its love, its support of Black students, of Black alumni, of the Cornell community in general. And yeah, I just want to see everybody get involved and to know, especially for young alums, that you have a community here. Mm -hmm. There, You don't have to go look far for mm -hmm. people, mentors, for assistance, for your network, for just friends. It, this is a beautiful network. And yeah, the legacy continues. It really is. You're absolutely right. Yvette. I would say definitely just get involved, um, whether it be attending a SIBA reunion. If you've never attended before, make that a point to do it at some point or homecoming. You'd be surprised in just even attending, meeting other Cornell alum and just interacting, networking 
what can come out of it. Um, I think those are some of the best experiences and I would encourage it for everyone. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that one. Woman Ann. I would definitely challenge everyone to connect somehow. As John and everyone else said, it doesn't have to be money, doesn't have to be all of your time. Just maybe even connect with someone that you roomed with. Connect with someone who was in the same group that you were in. Uh, that, even that little thing, plants a seed and you'll see that it can grow. And if it doesn't grow past that, for right now, that's fine. But do anything that you can do to connect. Mm -hmm. It took a while for me to really jump in. And I, I forgot to mention actually that it was a chance email that I received from Cornell Women in Tech. And I happen to be in the tech space. And I decided to go to that event. At that event, I saw someone who was part of SEBA uh, Jonelle Bradshaw. Um, am I saying that right? Jonelle Bradshaw de Hernandez. Yep. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Um, and I had remembered her from campus and she said, hey, why don't you go to Keiko? And then Keiko led to, I saw John at Keiko. I was like, hey, I remember you from this event that John did that I was part of because of Barack Wimbo. Mm -hmm. And it just started connecting, connecting, connecting. And that was the seed growing. So um, find some way to connect. That that connection is so important. I think about the fact. So when the first time the woman Ann and I actually met was in twenty, I, I believe it was twenty twelve. It actually might have been before that, but twenty twelve, um, we had uh, for reunion. Cornell had asked me to gather, you know, representation from all the gospel groups as a part of Cornelliana. And so here I am. I you know I graduated in two thousand six. I was the director of three of the choirs that were on campus at the time, and I get to meet. Wilma Ann, who not only founded Baraka Kwa Wimbo, but, you know, in prior to my time of Cornell, probably my knowledge of Cornell was one of the directors of the same one of the same choirs. Right. And, and then so being able to share those memories and, and to be able to talk about what the experience was like then and what the experience was like for me. And then even as we've all worked to connect with students, what their experiences are like now, we understand that certain things have changed. Right. Certain things remain the same and just show up in a different way. Um, but we are all connected by this experience that we call Cornell University. And I think that's so very important. So I agree. It, it really is about, you know, making sure that you connect in some way, shape or form, figuring out, you know, how you can get involved at a level that is comfortable for you. Um, but I think especially I'll, I'll, I'll just say it, especially for, you know, alumni of color. Right. These institutions were not necessarily built with us in mind. These institutions of the higher education space wasn't necessarily built to educate people of color. And then you get to come to an institution like a Cornell and have not only a great experience, but one that is also culturally affirming. Right. And I think that's so very important, especially at, you know, this level of education to be able to have that. I appreciate Cornell for that. And I, and I hope that, you know, individuals who are within our network, who are within our community will continue to support SEBA, continue to, you know, again, give of your time, give, you know, whatever you can, um, but also realize that this is your family. This is your network. So utilize it. Right. When you're doing an event in your in your town, when you're organizing something, when, you know, you're kicking off a new business, that is something you should share with this community so we can support you in some way, shape or form. Even if, you know, you're all the way across the country from me, I want to be able to maybe you have a virtual event I can attend or maybe, you know, there's a way that I can support by purchasing something that you're selling or, you know, telling someone else who may be closer, hey. I know someone in my in my community who's doing this. You should go and support because I think it'd be something beneficial to you. That I I I truly do love this organization. As, as y'all know, you all know, like we 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 done yeah. a lot. We go hard, right? We we go hard. And <laughs> but but see, it, it's been such a joy. And I do. I know Shannon. I, I was chuckling earlier when you you know you were like you know shout outs to us because we have done a lot you know and shout outs to to Vince as well who isn't here. But I do have to make sure we shout out our membership who has gone with us every step of the way. We are not the usual board that has been a part of the organization. You know, we are actually probably 
one of the younger boards, as I've often been told. And, you know, but you all have embraced us. You all have allowed us to come with different ideas, um, you know, new things that we want to, you know, try. And especially in this virtual environment, when everyone could have just said, you know what, I guess we'll see each other at Reunion 2024. Folks have said, nope, we want to make sure that we engage, right? We don't want to wait for another three years to connect. We want to engage. And this this is the platform that you all are going to do it by. Cool. We'll rock with it. So shout outs to everybody. I mean, you know what, Shannon? I just thought about it as you sent it to me, the the store. Like we have a full-fledged store. That we, hey, come on. We forgot to shout out the store. We have apparel. 1976, the SEMA store, okay? <laughs> I mean, and you know, and, and, we've, and we've talked about, it's funny because I know even in the previous board that I served on, we talked about this idea of e-commerce, right? And I think it was on one hand e-commerce to be able to see how we can help you know, some of the members in our community who are, you know, business folks and entrepreneurs to be able to give them business. But at the same time, I think the, the, it's almost like that perfect storm, right? So one of the things that COVID definitely did and, and not just COVID, but we think about this whole racial pandemic that we were going through. Folks were asking, we would get on these virtual unity hours. It's like, I want a mask, a SIBA mask, because I have to wear a mask now. It's like, okay. Or, you know, I, we saw the, um, the schools that started to do these Black Lives Matters t-shirts, right? And, and to be able to, you know, push that and promote that as a part of not just who you are and your experience <laughs> as as Kamila models her shirt, her Cornelis shirt. Um, but, you know, as a way to really make that statement, but also to associate it with this major experience that you had that may have even affirmed in some ways why Black Lives Matter or gotten us to the place to a better understanding of why Black Lives Matter. And so, you know, the fact that we were able to put that story together and, you know, we just ended our second run last week and, you know, stuff is being shipped out very Well, by the time you get it, y'all will be have you will have all your swag that you ordered. Um, but it, I mean, just the, the creativity that's come around that, the support that's come around that, even folks outside of SEBA, folks outside of the Cornell Black community, you know, my mother, goodness, <laughs> Who was like, where is my shirt? She just got hers last week. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, it's like. You know, mama's real quick, John. <laughs> my mother, first of all, <laughs> Sophia Kohal, my mother, like, I'll be in at my parents' house and I'm like, I, I gotta go. It's I got a meeting. And she's like, oh, it's Wednesday. Shannon has to go meet with Seba. Where's John? Is John calling you, Shannon? Mm-hmm. So literally everybody in my life knows you don't mess with Wednesdays because we are having a SEBA meeting yes. or Fridays for unity out. Listen, it, it is uh, folks. They know, like I think our families and friends, I am sure folks who have been on the board and even just are members of the association, their children, their spouses, right? Partners. Everyone understands like, SEBA is a thing that we do, so you got to make space for that. So shout out to all the SEBA families, right? The partners and the children who have also been on this ride with us. This has been amazing. I Again, I you know, it's, it's weird that we're at the end of the term um, and it's been three years, but we're going into this this weekend to have a lot of fun, to engage. Um, and I'm excited and, and grateful for all that all of you have done to help make this an amazing, amazing experience. And again, thank you to the entire Cornell Black Alumni Association membership, our black community, our partners on campus, the students, everyone. And, and also got to make sure we shout out Matt Carcella and got to shout out Calicia Mullings and Alumni Affairs who have been instrumental in helping not just our association, but all the diversity alumni programs. Brandon as well and Nicole, like the, the whole entire team, everyone who makes this happen. It's it's been a big in in, in, in Amanda, you titled the um, last conversation, one of the last conversations, right? A labor of love. And that is exactly what this has been. So I, I want to just say thank you to everyone who is here, all the board. Thank you to everyone who is listening today. Please be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. You can find out more about Young Alumni Programs and how to get involved at alumni.cornell.edu forward slash young alumni and by following the Facebook page at Young Alumni Programs. 
You can also learn more about the Cornell Black Alumni Association at CBAA1976.com and follow us on social media at CBA1976 or CBAA1976 on all platforms. Music from Fresh from the Hill was written, produced, and recorded by Kia Albertson Rogers, class of 2013, and you can contact him at KOA3 at Cornell.edu. If you have ideas for the podcast you would like to share, please email our amazing producer, Amanda Massa, at amanda.massa, that's M-A-S-S-A, at cornell.edu. Once again, I want to thank everyone on this board for all the work that you've done, and thank you for joining me today. Again, a big thank you to Amanda for all your support and help this season, and thank you all for listening. Make sure that you also tune in for the next season of Fresh from the Hill. Keep up with everything that's going on at Cornell. And for those who are listening this particular weekend, enjoy Reunion 2021. We'll see you all soon.